0: Hi, Bill. Welcome back.
1: Hi, Bobby. Great to see you as always.
0: Yeah, great week. Uh, wonderful weekend. Uh, you know, it's finally spring in Minnesota. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I at don't want to say now. it too early yet. Yeah. Yes, There'll probably yes. be one more snowfall, but at least it looks like spring outside today. It was
1: nice um, for those of us who celebrate Easter. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times that was well, one you know, for Halloween and Easter. The little kids would get all dressed up, and then they'd have to put on lots of winter clothes over the top of. It. So this year yeah. they did not in Minnesota those that did. So yeah, it's nice. It is definitely nice.
0: It always puts a bit of a damper on activities when you have to hide the Easter eggs under the snow banks. Exactly. So yeah. Well, uh, you've been traveling quite a bit um, and doing a lot of advocacy for our profession um, and probably traveling to some places that are a little warmer than here. Uh, I understand that you just gave a, a talk at Becker's Healthcare 13th annual meeting on innovation. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things, as you and I have talked about a lot, is that uh, my position at Mayo, my new position, has given me the opportunity to to be on some dipsy the labs from some different vistas, if you will. And so this was really, this is the Becker's Healthcare Conference. So it's really about healthcare and health systems and, 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 and some of the major economic factors that are kind of playing in, you know, Becker's. And so, yeah, it was really, it was a great opportunity. I was very um, delighted to be asked to actually give a presentation on innovations in the diagnostic industry and kind of what they mean for patients and what they mean for healthcare right? And so, and I, I think it was illuminating even there because it's all about healthcare and healthcare systems. And yet there's not a whole lot of discussion from the labs, although labs are a huge part of that, right? So again, to be there as a, as a pathologist speaking at that venue, talking about what's really happening with diagnostics for people to think about, both from a, from a healthcare perspective, number one, for what it means for the patients, number two, and of course, all of that's woven together by the economics that would drive decisions and how they're reimbursed. And so it was, uh, I think it was a really good opportunity because I got a lot of questions afterwards. You could tell that some light bulbs went off just because people don't think about it unless someone with a background like mine coming from the labs is there talking about um, what's happening. The other, of course, is it's good for me to learn um, and think about what's happening outside the labs that could really, is gonna impact us significantly. And the one thing that I took away from that was there was a lot of talk at the Keynote platforms about ChatGPT, okay. mentioned more on several occasions, I should say, about um, how this is probably the biggest innovation or revolution in computing in the last 20 years. I think one person said, since basically the Windows API interface um, that made your, your IBM textile computer run like it does now with Windows. So um it's really really big a lot of talk about cvs and other non-traditional entrants into healthcare as well but yeah so lots of big things out there bottom line is being there helped them think about laboratory but me being there made me think about wow as a lab leader what are some things that aren't even on my radar that really i need to be thinking about right now
0: yeah it really is amazing there's so many things going on and chat gpt uh, gpt4 is very amazing, and I would encourage everyone to go and try it out. It's free right now. Um, It's going to have a huge impact on on medicine, on laboratory medicine, probably on our society as a whole. and we need to be thinking about this. And I'm so glad that you're there uh, at these sorts of institution or uh, events representing the laboratory. I see this in my daily practice as well. When you have um, people that are, say, in the hospital, focused on hospital uh, work and not thinking about the lab, it's so important for us to step up and, and insert ourselves, if we have to, into the conversations. Um, And you and I have said before, if you're not at the table, you're on the table. Um, We have to be part of these discussions, both so that we can learn about what are the concerns of our colleagues, what are they struggling with, but then they can also hear what we're facing, what challenges, and how we can help be part of the solution.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine in your role in leadership with CAP, and you have other leadership roles as well, even as a department chair now, um, you know, for dealing for Rochester, um and for our lab medicine pathology are you hearing similar things in the leadership circles that you're in and i'm hearing a, like a backers
0: Yeah, I definitely am, Belle. In fact, I'm going this weekend to Washington, D.C. for the Pathologist Leadership Summit, which is through the College of American Pathologists. It's a really important pathologist uh, leadership opportunity where we actually go to the White House and we meet with our elected officials and we talk about things that are really important to our profession, such as reimbursement, um, expanding the workforce, regulation and oversight of lab-developed tests, And we have to be there. Again, it gets back to being at the table. Otherwise, pathologists and laboratory medicine aren't necessarily seen because we're not the people that are seeing patients directly. Uh, We're part of the whole team, but we may not be immediately present and immediately come to mind. That's why we have to step forward to be part of the conversation. So that'll be a really interesting weekend. We're talking about pay cuts, understanding the payment of pathologists, and strengthening our healthcare workforce, really essential topics.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's its interesting as you're talking and we're having this conversation. You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about for, gosh, many years now is that as a laboratorian and laboratory professionals, you know, a big our, our role in healthcare is to take all, not just to run tests or to look at slides or whatever, but to take that information and make it understandable to a provider, to a clinician that's there with the patient or to the patient themselves, right? And I think that it, in essence, what we're talking about is doing that same activity at scale. So just as an, in, with the individual patient encounter, um, their need to understand what uh, testing they should be performed and what are the significance of the results. That's, a, that's our role as laboratory professionals and care providers. But then at sort of the macro level, Um, helping health those who are making big decisions um, around whether it's public policy or payment or any regulations, Mm -hmm. that they really understand the role of the laboratory, how the laboratories work, um, you know, what's their role in healthcare. Um, You know, I know FDA has been very open to even visiting laboratories so they can understand it better. We have to think in that way, as that's part of our job is helping, um, you know, decision makers understand. And part of that you know, as you were talking, I think about other diagnostic specialties like radiology that may not suffer. Now, there's some things that are common, like deep downward pressure on reimbursement is everywhere across medicine. That's not unique to labs. But there's others, if you think of radiology, the diagnostic specialty that maybe doesn't have quite the same challenge in getting that, that visibility. I think a lot of that's because labs, there's a lot of different entities that provide laboratory diagnostics. There's academic labs, there's pathologists within academic labs, there's private practice pathology groups, which are very, many of them now are very, very sophisticated and highly functioning. Then there's commercial laboratories that are part of the mix. Oftentimes we speak individually and that doesn't, that actually in some ways undermines us a little bit. And I think that's one of the things we have to start to think about in leadership is how do we present this holistic view of laboratories? Because any lack of understanding of what component of what's a more complicated ecosystem Uh, really makes it difficult for us to get our messages across.
0: I agree. We have to really talk amongst ourselves and find the United messages that really bring us together and then deliver those messages to payers, to elected officials, to people who are going to be making decisions that are really going to have an impact on our practice. And you mentioned having uh, say the FDA, others come and visit our laboratory. I think that's really an important uh, area, having people actually come and see what we do. And as part of the pathologist leadership summit and hill day, as we call it, when we go to the hill and talk to our elected officials, we do invite them to come and visit. And we offer up our labs as an opportunity for a a place they could come and visit to see what we do. It's really important uh, to actually showcase that.
1: Yeah, and I think now is the time because, you know, as you were talking, the other thing, of course, is just when you is singing about a singular voice, there's a labs and there's a diagnostic manufacturers. And of course, those groups have traditionally not done a lot together. Uh, Matt South, who was the CEO of Roche Diagnostics North America, that's now the CEO of Roche Global Diagnostics, he and I actually wrote, co authored a physician piece just on the importance of laboratory testing and their availability as part of a driver of equity and access to healthcare. You know, I that was kind of a relationship born in the pandemic. And there's one thing I think for any of our listeners to think about is that, look, I mean, well, you can already feel the fatigue of people want to move on from COVID and including talking about diagnostics, and yet we still have visibility. So now's a great time for you to write a letter to your local Congress, you know, gov- government representative, whoever that might be, state or federal, and say, come visit our labs, you know, come mm-hmm. take a look at what we do. Um, It has a huge, huge impact, right? Right now, for instance, there's uh, the Saving Access to Laboratory Services Act, or SALSA, is out there to help give us, a. a, it has been reintroduced in Congress, um, that would really prevent the really onerous cuts that would come from PAMA. There's a grassroots effort out there called Stop Lab Cuts Now, I think that you should take, your bail yourself to if you want, because those things I can tell you make a huge, huge difference. So don't feel like it's just someone like Dr. Pritt or Dr. Reese. I think everyone has a voice and you should really think about how to use it.
0: Yeah, that's a great message, Bill. And I'd say that you could also start locally with your CEO, your uh, medical director of your hospital or healthcare facility, do you know who they are? Are you on speaking terms with that individual? Maybe this is a good opportunity to reach out to them and, and say, hey, would you like to come and tour our labs and see what we do? You have to be at the table and sometimes you have to insert yourself.
1: That's right. I couldn't agree more. It's super, super important.
0: Well, best of luck at your upcoming uh, talks. I believe you're going to the Executive War College to give a presentation. Yes. Again, thanks for all the uh, rep- uh, representation you do for us for laboratory medicine and pathology.
1: Well, I mean, it's a real honor to be able to out there representing you and, and Mayo Clinic and really all of us, all my colleagues in our profession. Um, it goes back to something I said a long time ago, and now more than ever, um, if we're entering into the age of data and big data, and of course, chat is the next manifestation of that, mm-hmm. why labs, if we generate 70 to 80% of the quantitative data in anyone's health record, we should be front and center of those conversations, but we're not going to get invited. We have to. We have to be a little bit more. We have to be knocking at the door and maybe even pushing a jar. Um, I have to get a little bit of my my Pet Gretzky's personality of, you know, making sure that <laughs> even though you're small, you're not going to get neglected. So
0: that's right. Yeah, your little dog Gretzky is great, and yes, he makes sure that he does not get neglected. We may have to do that as well, although probably not by barking, but
1: not, or dropping balls on your feet or other his <laughs> tactics. Eh? But he could be a good mascot for us as a whole.
0: I like that. That's a great idea. Well, you'll have to tell us uh, how your presentation goes and what they're talking about at the Executive Board College at one of our future meetings. And uh, for now, we'll log off and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you next week.
1: Yep. Yeah, as with any of every conversation, I enjoyed it. And I think there's going to be a lot more for us to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Bill.
1: Have a great week.